Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips, and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. All right. Yay, you guys. So excited for this podcast interview today. You guys are in for a treat with this expert with sleep. And if any of you are my one-on-one clients, you know, we talk about how important this is all the time so much that I'm bringing it to my entire LinkedIn Academy community and to my entire burnout to all out community today with Dr. Sarah Mitchell. Dr. Sarah, welcome to the call. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you guys, just so you know how I know Dr. Sarah, we are in a business mastermind together. And what you're going to get to hear in our interview today, I'm so excited to just pick her brain on her burnout moment and how she went from being a chiropractor to being in medical sales to now working for herself as a sleep expert. Incredible journey. And I think that on the first half of this interview, we really are going to dive into your story. And then the second half of the interview, I want you guys to get your pen and paper. Because if you're a hustling mama operating one to two businesses, many of you, my list, my followers are operating multiple businesses right now. They've got a nine to five. They've got a side hustle. And maybe they think sleep isn't that important for performance. And I'm constantly revisiting this with my private clients. So you guys get your pen and paper out for the education you're going to get today. Let me give you a formal introduction though for Dr. Sarah. She is a chiropractor by training, but found her passion studying the biology and behavior of sleep. The Dr. Sarah became a sought after pediatric sleep consultant in Silicon Valley, helping moms teach their little ones to sleep. Through this experience, Dr. Sarah found that while her babies slept soundly, moms themselves couldn't sleep. Can anybody go attest to that? Oh my gosh, I suffered from insomnia for like 10 years with little ones. They would put them to bed, but wake up still feeling tired. She started sharing her personal strategies of overcoming the fatigue of motherhood. Now she's helping hundreds of moms sleep like they did before they had kids, sleeping soundly and waking up energized. So I hope you guys are energized to hear the story. So Sarah, take us back. You know, this is the Burnout to All Out podcast, right? So take us back to your early journeys. Like let's let's start with your early journey as a chiropractor, first and foremost. I'd love to understand where you kind of fell into, fell in love with the concept of studying sleep. Where did that kind of start? I always needed more sleep than all of my friends way back in in high school. And I've been sleep shamed a number of times. I remember specifically in chiropractic college when my colleagues being like, you need so much sleep. Like it was a weakness that I had and that really bothered me. But I also knew that the reason I had such a sunny disposition was that I did prioritize sleep. And I just knew that I, I worked better as a person when I had more sleep. 
And so I've always been interested in it. Then, of course, I had kids, right? And like, here I was, this capable type A go-getter kind of gal. And I was like, my kids are going to be sleeping like really quickly because I understand the human body from cell psychology. And I just, you know, I know I'm going to do this. And lo and behold, that was humbling, right? He woke up every couple hours in the night and I was like, what the heck? And then I asked all my friends like, hey, how do you get your kids to sleep? And it was really interesting. This was nine years ago, the variety of answers. Some people just kind of stared at you and didn't really know what to say. Other people kind of dismissed it like, oh, just enjoy your baby. There was a variety. And I thought, well, this is really strange. So I... I researched it. Can I interject here? How many moms that are listening could like the, the comment people would say about, Oh, just enjoy it while it lasts. Just, Oh, I miss those days. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. And that whole period of motherhood has evolved so much in the past. Like, well, you know, bed sharing is normal and waking up so many times in the night is normal. It's like, well, yes, all humans wake up in the night, but not all humans have to wake up every three hours and eat to fall back asleep or be rocked to fall back asleep. And women didn't have the same amount of responsibility that we did a hundred years ago as we do now. And we had far more of a village to help support us um, at that time. So yes, things have changed. So true. Okay. So you went through school, like recognizing that sleep was very important, right? I did. I did. And you were practicing as a chiropractor in Canada. I was in Canada. Yeah. And I actually left practice. I I loved studying the anatomy and physiology. I didn't love practice. I felt it kind of repetitive. I felt I had these worries that I would be, you know, you know, 60 in the same chiropractic office doing the same adjustments. It was just, I felt like I needed more adventure and more dynamic change. And also, I think I was just a little bit immature, to be honest, at the time being in practice. I worked at one of the wealthiest country clubs in Canada, and I was just a little bit young, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. I segued into medical devices. I'm like, I have to use this eight years of knowledge for something, right? right. Something applicable. And that was a really, really fun experience. I loved being in medical devices. I sold different different types of cancer products, urology products, female health projects, biopsy needles, like a whole variety of thing. And I got to see a whole bunch of different medical procedures. It was really fascinating. Fair amount of travel though. And then I had kids and it just felt like a lot. Now, the beauty of being in Canada is you do get one year of maternity leave. So for both of my kids, I got a whole year off. Awesome. And what did I do in that year? I networked with other moms. We did stroller size. Like, honestly, they were... Really fun times, I'm not going to lie. Really, really fun times, right? But you also realize you heard, you were connected to other women. You kept hearing the struggles they were having around sleep and just not knowing what was possible for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I had my second, I'd already sleep trained my son, done all the research, realized, you know, okay, it's, it's, you know, as my, my friend, the Stanford doc says, we, we sleep train parents more than we sleep train the kids. I was just really passionate about it. I started doing it for free on my mat leave because I was just so passionate about it. I always needed more sleep. I was so amazed at the experience that I'd gone through where I had all this medical knowledge. I still didn't get my, couldn't get my kiddo to sleep and then implementing and seeing change and feeling so much more empowered as a parent, more confident as a parent. I wanted to share that with my friends, my mom. And then my story is that I actually went back to work for a medical company with two kids feeling very exhausted, trying to manage all the balls, feeling like I couldn't really do anything well and that I, I couldn't 
definitely feeling a little bit of discrimination if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh my right? gosh, we just talked about this earlier. Yeah. Yep, yep, definitely felt it. My husband, who's an engineer, worked for BlackBerry and Nortel. He's been laid off twice. He got recruited by Google in the United States. So we moved to the United States. So I actually couldn't work for three years. So I have a little bit different story than maybe many of your people, but it was, it was hard nonetheless, because here you are, this driven, career-oriented person, and now you can't work. And what is your identity? What do you, and so, so it was such a blessing to me at the time. It felt really, really hard. Cause I have a little one who's two and still doesn't walk. There's some stress with that. I have a three and a half year old who's been in the same home daycare for with five kids for two years and not doing well to uh, moving to a new country and not having any friends mm. and being stuck with me all day, the poor guy. Cause like <laughs> being, being a stay at home mom really is a skill. Like, yes. And it's, I was a just, job. it's a job. It's a job. And some oh people God. are cut out for it and some aren't. We had this Absolutely. conversation with my son last night. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went and had dinner and he told somebody that one of our friends, just to interject for a second, just gave up her nursing career completely because of COVID. She was only working part time. The kids got pulled out of school and she had to make that tough decision, decided she was going to be home with the kids. And she was like, it is a really hard job. And my son piped up and was like, my mom's a stay at home mom. I'm like, I am not a stay at home mom. That job is way too hard. I work from home, son. Get it straight. Don't give me that kind of credit. (laughs) Yeah. It is super hard. It is super hard. Like you're on all the time. Like you're mm-hmm. constantly. And I think that was kind of an interesting part of my journey is that I've actually been the career mom in a way. And I've mm-hmm. also now been this stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And I've been in Canada where you have a year off. And I've worked with all these moms that are going back to work at like three and four months. So I've seen a whole spectrum, yeah. which is just really powerful, yeah. powerful experiences to be able to see. So yeah, so while I, I couldn't work for those three years, I just kept blogging about sleep because I was just so passionate about it. And it kind of grew from there. Then I had that moment of like, okay, now I'm in the United States. I have my green card. Do I go back to selling medical devices or do I start building this business from scratch? I don't know if you'd say scratch, but kind of. So let's unpack that. So what made you decide? So were you at a tipping point when it was time to go back? Like you knew it was time to go back and do something. Uh What made you decide to bet on yourself instead of going for the W-2? Mm-hmm. I finally was listening to my gut that much more. And quite frankly, I didn't think I would make it if I went back to working for someone else and having the issues of travel. And I hate to say this, but you know, there's a little bit of a hierarchy when your spouse makes more money than you do. You always seem to prioritize their hours and whatnot. And I just knew it wasn't going to change. Mm-hmm. And I decided to like to treasure myself, to be perfectly honest, because yeah. also, too, when you've gone now, I couldn't work. You're making no money. So yeah. making some money actually seems like that's OK, even though it wasn't that you know six figure thing that you were yeah. making before. Right. And when you're passionate about something, too, like yeah. it doesn't feel like work in the same way. And when you're doing it for yourself, it has so much more meaning. Mm. And I was just ready to move into a different place. I like all of these things have happened for me. I mean, I'm so grateful that I couldn't work for three years. It's really helped me figure out what's important to me and what makes me happy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many good things there. So many good things. And it's so true. And it's interesting. We have, I have a number of women actually going through my LinkedIn Academy, which that'll probably catch this, that they worked for a season and they were professionals, you know, making six figures and decided to take time off because they had a spouse who had a lucrative career as well. And they took time off for five to six years, right? And I know a lot of you guys are listening. And then now you now you're coming back and you're building your own dream. And I think that's like a whole other podcast is like, 
re kind of elbowing your space in the house as far as it being not all domestic, right? Or like that was even for me leaving my corporate career and having that baby and coming home and doing, you know, my, when I was just operating my network marketing business, it was only like, you know, a third of the day. And now over the past year being like, no, I want like, I want to take more time to grow this business. It has been a, there's been growing pains in the household of like, who's responsible for what now then? Because you were doing that before. Like we, there was a hierarchy of priority, just like you were saying. And now like the, there's a tipping point and it can, you can kind of butt heads about those things. And it's never offered to you. <laughs> They're never going to say, hey, why don't you take three hours on Saturday and do your, your thing? You always have to ask. <laughs> right. And so what I started doing was just hiring people to do things like, and I didn't even like, it wasn't even a conversation with my husband. Somebody just started coming in and folding clothes. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, yeah, she's, she's folding clothes. <laughs> awesome. Right. And I, I almost feel this is part of our journey is like being able to step into your power and being like, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I'm not afraid to ask for it. Cause I think I was afraid to ask for it. I was trying to p- make everybody happy and do it all yeah. and make it look easy. And it doesn't work that way. You're trying to do all the things, uh-huh. right. Which all will put you in adrenal crisis. Yes, I did have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, in those three years where I was not working, believe yeah. it or not, yeah. taking care of children, yeah. that's when I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease, which is probably why I always needed more sleep than the average person. I probably had something going on um, wow. since, the, since I was a kid. But that's a whole other story. So yeah. So would you say that was kind of your burnout moment? Where it was oh my God, those were dark days. Besides being at home? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the day my youngest went to kindergarten, like I was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I had so much, I have quote unquote, so much time, you right, know? Right. I mean, it's only till two o'clock, but still it was like so much, so right. much. Yeah. Yeah. And and then your your business becomes your baby, right? That thing that you're nurturing and you're putting your energies into and balancing and yeah. Ah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's dive into it. So you started with blogging around sleep when you were home with the kids and this has manifested into really two businesses. You're, you're teaching parents about sleep habits with children and you're teaching adults, women, how to have better sleep habits for performance. I know a lot of people are wondering, like, how did you get started with that? Like, how did you, you went from blogging to putting a stake in the ground and owning this as an expert. And my students, I say this all the time, and we talk about this with social media, and that is that, like, I don't have a doctorate in LinkedIn, right? Like, I know you've taken a lot of coursework and you're an expert on, on sleeping, but I think that it is that the experience and the ability to market yourself that yeah. and getting that client expertise that are the client testimonials that really yes. um, experience really is the best teacher. It really yeah. is. How I kind of went about it is at the beginning, like I mentioned, I was doing it on maternity leave. I just did it for free because I was gaining, making sure I was good at it. Also like fine tuning my processes, like what information do I need to be gathering? And I was fortunate because in a way, like I've learned all of that in chiropractic college, mm-hmm. right? The in, intake, assessment, planning, implementation, reevaluation. Yes. So I had that down pat. We it was it just a soap note in the US. Yes, the exactly. OAP. Yeah, 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 exactly. I had that all in my back. It was really just like, you know, implementing the things that I'd already used. And then I hate to say trial and error, but because I understood like the science behind sleep, I understand the behavior. Then it's like, okay, so it sounds like your little one struggles with this. Why don't we try like this approach doing, trying different things essentially. And I think that's one of the things that kind of separates me from the pack is that I have this huge base of medical knowledge that I'm able to come up with different plans. I'm not cookie cutter caught by one 
one, you know, one method kind of thing. I'm right. self-taught. I've tried all the different methods. Gathering testimonials. So Yelp was huge to my business. Okay. Right? It's a search engine, really helps you. So now when people are searching near me, I get like, I mean, so much of my business comes from that. Asking for testimonial, figuring out how to ask for the, the, the best testimonial, right? And just doing the legwork. So I did like, you know, these tiny little talks at these like play, play stations or playrooms. I, I did all of those. I went around to pediatricians. I've left letters. I've, I've done the legwork. I've worked really hard at it. And, I want anybody who's starting something out, like, remember, like those first couple of years, you, the one, the people you hear about are the people who like completely excel, but the average person, it's going to take you a couple of years to really, to get going. And they say what most, most small businesses fail in the first five years. What's the percentage? I can't remember. It's like 50% and it's like 70 by the time you get to 10. Yeah. 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 Be persistent. Be persistent. Oh my gosh. So true. And the ones who succeed are just the ones who are willing to fail more than others and learn from that and move forward. So like, true. So I remember true. when I launched my first LinkedIn training, it was a, it was a five day course and I charged a hundred dollars and I was like, every crumb is a meal. I need to, I need to. And I, my goal was I want to create so much ridiculous value mm-hmm. that I'll have some testimonials to bring me more clients. Right. Which exactly. is really what you did. It's like, exactly. who, right. I love it. Okay. So I'm a geek. I love, you know, I'm a pharmacist. So I love getting into the science of stuff. And I know that, you have this new business with women and sleep. I want to kind of preframe this with the fact that you and I were talking kind of in the broadcast studio about, you know, I coach a lot of women who operate a nine to five. They're juggling multiple children and they're scaling a sizable network marketing business around their nine to five. And what I've seen is, you know, there's always like, it's like that Gary V masculine mentality of like, you know, sleep when you're dead, you know, like hustle hard, do whatever you have to do to make it work. But it's like, yeah, that works for only so long, right? So like you're in adrenal crisis and your hair is falling out and you can't sleep when you try to sleep. And I, I know you're going to get probably talk about some of this stuff, but I'm constantly trying to tell my clients like how important sleep truly is to show up energetically for your business and for your family and that it should be a prior and for your health. Like you're going to be less sick. Like, but you know, these go getters are like one more hour on the business, like one more hour with the prospect, one more, one more, one more. It's going to drive my business and I'm going to be more successful. Right. So mm-hmm. I just want to preframe that you've got mm-hmm. some like five cheating women in here. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to educate us a little bit around your, you know, I know you're the sleep guru and mm-hmm. just your insight around these women who I want you to talk to the women who are cutting, they're lopping off sleep. They know they should have to running their businesses right now to, to mm-hmm. reach their goals. Right. Can you talk to us a little bit about sure, it? We can talk science, but let's talk woo even just for a second here. Cause I feel like 2020 for me has been the year of woo, but woo of you're really changing my frequency and raising my vibe so that the money comes in with more ease and less work. And yeah. And Melissa, I think you can attest to that as well. And so the thing is with when you're staying up late and you're, you're, well, you might be working or you might just be watching mindless Netflix TV because you just need to zone out because you haven't had any time for yourself that day right? You wake up to your alarm in the morning. It jars you awake. You're thrust into your day. You're grumpy because you didn't get enough sleep or you didn't get enough quality of sleep. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And then your day happens to you. And that's the whole point of morning routines, 
Being able to get up before all of that, set your intention for the day, even having that alone time in the in the morning, because a lot of us, I feel our kids are getting older. We don't really have much alone type at alone time near the end of the night anymore. But I feel what happens to a lot of people, they're thrust into their day. And then by the time they get the kids down, they're like, oh, I'm so tired to do anything. I'm just going to veg out in front of Netflix, which adds no value to your life. And then slowly you roll into bed and you feel unfulfilled. And that's the whole point of the morning routine, right? So, I mean, as far as like sleep goes, like how do we get you the best sleep most efficiently? The number one thing you may have heard this other places is wake up at the same time every day. That's the best thing that you can do to help your body regulate sleep. Now there's three systems involved. Even on Saturday and Sunday? Even on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, if you want to have a little range, I wouldn't go more than an hour difference because- when you sleep in on Saturday and Sunday, then it, it throws your body off. It doesn't know exactly what to expect. And it doesn't signal your brain the same ways when it's time to sleep. So then you're not as tired that night at the same time for bedtime. And then you end up staying later. And then Monday comes and your body's now slightly shifted its routine. And you're like, oh, God, it's so hard to get up on Monday. And, and that's why. I, I would say I'm about an hour off. I get up around 445, 5 o'clock a.m. Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, I get up at about 6.15 for, and then on Sundays, it's like seven. That's like my okay. one day. And does, is it hard to wake up on Mondays? No, but I am, I am militant about going to bed on time. So like, yeah. I, I like literally power down 8.30, no devices, no electronics by nine o'clock, lights, lights off, done. Such good habits. Such it's, good habits. Yeah. And but, do, you fall, do you fall asleep quickly? Yes. Well, I use my melatonin spray and I don't know, maybe we'll talk about that. I'd love your advice on that. But I will say once a week now, because my business is now tapping into Australia and Hawaii, I had a lot of students who were like, wait, like the coaching time's not working for me. So I'm doing once, once a week evening coaching. And I was, they saw me last night. My, if you guys catch this, my Australians and Hawaiians, no makeup. My hair was, I was in my jammies because I'm like, when we're done, I'm literally jumping in the bed. (laughs) And and did you find it hard to fall asleep after that? Yeah. Cause my mind was racing. Cause I was, I'd been on the computer. We were coaching and then I tried to go straight to bed. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, actually have to, I find personally, I have to stay up a little bit. I come home from a board meeting or something. I'm just like, I know I'm going to be up later that night. And I just try and like read fiction or do something like non-stimulating because you don't want to lie in bed when you can't sleep. Yeah, because my wheels were just like. But you also get frustrated. And that is not good for your sleep. You can't make sleep happen. Just like we can't make our kiddos sleep. We can't make our own sleep. We can't control it. So you kind of have to give up control with that. Yeah, but. If we go back to three systems, like you're, we're touching on the third system right now, which is the cognitive emotional system, right? Okay. It really does influence your sleep. And that's, some people call that stress. Some people call that anxiety, depending. So if you want to have, be a great sleeper, you, you have to work on managing your stress and anxiety. And that might be through mindfulness or meditation because it's the ability to control your mind. So what happens to a lot of people when they lie or they wake up in the night and then they can't fall back asleep, they start to spiral. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. What am I going to do? Uh, and it just spirals. They can't oh my God, if I go to bed right now, I'll get seven hours of sleep. Okay, if yeah. I go to bed right now, I'll get five hours of sleep. Oh my God, I'm going to get, yeah, been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I guess my first tip would be, you know, if you wake up and can't fall back asleep, think about something pleasant and remind yourself that even just lying there, resting is helpful. Okay. 
you know, everything is all about, it's about the positive mindset. It's amazing. Everything I'm learning about business and flow, it applies to your sleep as well. You can do this. You're going to be fine. You have definitely had previous nights where you didn't sleep well and you did fine the next day at work. It's going to be fine. And then try not to look at the clock. But if you do feel like you're starting to get frustrated, that's when you get up out of bed and you should have a cozy place that you can go to, probably your sofa with a blanket to just relax and do something mindless. Listen to an audiobook, play word count if you want, but don't check your socials or your emails. That's not good. That's like gambling, right? We know that the swipe up is similar to the pull down on a gambling machine. And yeah. so you don't gamble in the middle of the night. Right, right. Right. Okay. And then eventually you, you go back to sleep. But the whole idea is like, it's all about controlling your mind with that cognitive emotional system and not getting too worked up about things. And this is why going back to baby sleep, this is why kids have sleep regression. Regression, my mind is distracted by something physical or neurological. I'm distracted by the discomfort in my teeth. I'm distracted by the fact that I can, I'm almost about to pull myself up to standing. And then I wake up in the night and I hang out for a bit. And then I cry for someone to come see me. That's what regressions are all about. Wow. Interesting. Now, Lori is saying, so I've got in the chat here, she's saying I'm a hot mess and always have been with sleep night owl and have to get up early. I cannot get to sleep before 11 PM. I'm wired then. Oh, well, there's an interesting piece of genetics here. So in the tribal days, they would say that half of us are wired to be night owls because they help protect the tribe by watching out while everyone else is sleeping. And the other half is to be a, a morning person. What are you doing those first two hours between nine and 11? It was like, what are you doing? Right. If you're really yeah. trying to wind down, it's like you can't be on screens. You got to be dimming the lights. You don't want to be eating because right. eating when we sleep, our digestive systems are slowing down. So if we're putting food into the container and the digestive system slowing down, it can be very uncomfortable for people. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So we don't want to be eating when we're sleeping. Our immune system is revving up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, like, for me, I feel if I, could, if I don't get enough sleep in a few days, I'll actually catch a cold. It's just, oh, really me too. A hundred percent. And it's interesting. You and I are both in the unstoppable entrepreneurs. I don't know if you've gotten to the module around really taking care of your body during live launch and the stress. I, I think back to even my corporate days at this time every year were performance reviews. And I, it was always down to the wire to get everything done for the end of the year, give everybody their performance reviews. My kids were always sick. Like I, so I wasn't getting any sleep. And I just like year, every year I would get so sick around this time because, and it, it was to directly related to stress levels and lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. And through the training and the program that you and I have been in, and also with Kayla, our business coach, it has like really helped me reframe all of that, like obsessively to the point that, you know, I don't think, except for my one night a week with my global clients, I like literally screens off and I have a book at 830. Mm -hmm. My son and I read together till nine o'clock, like, mm -hmm. because like, I think entrepreneurs in general, you know, your mind's just racing and you don't want to give it another reason to race right before you're going to bed, you know? I love that. Reading fiction before bed is one of my things, not nonfiction. Yeah. Just fiction, something to take yeah. your brain elsewhere, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. that whole mind thing again. It's that, and that's why people who listen to music at night or meditations, they helps them fall asleep because it just takes your mind somewhere pleasant. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mind control. It's all about mind yeah. control. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so back to that lady too, who's having struggle going to bed. So mm -hmm. taking away food, you know, you may, she might have to look into coffee. So 
we, we digress again, but we were talking about the three systems associated with sleep, one of them being cognitive emotional, the first one being the homeostatic system. And this is related to, oh, you have so many science listeners here. Okay, ATP, right? We use that molecule for fuel. Yeah, adenosine triphosphate. Exactly, right. So the adenosine, it, it build, it's a byproduct when your metabolism is running. And so it builds up. And at a certain point, it signals your brain that it's time to sleep. And this is so makes sense if you think about newborn naps. They are growing exponentially. They're burning through a lot of fuel. Their adenosine buildup happens more quickly and they need more naps. Okay. Or adults. So what helps you make that adenosine buildup more quickly? Exercise. Right? Yes. More fuel. So exercise any time of the day is a really amazing thing that you can do. They often say do it in the morning because it helps just cement your circadian rhythm. Being exposed to bright light in the in the day will help you. So that's something for this listener. The other thing is what blocks adenosine buildup? Well, caffeine blocks it. Okay. Mm. And there, there's something I talk about in my class called the coffee cycle. Are you falling into the coffee cycle? So you're waking up tired, you take the caffeine because we know it actually does help your productivity at work, right? There's yeah. studies that show that. I'm addicted but, to that hot coffee in the morning when I'm creating. Like, yes, like my yes. mind is just on fire and I have my yes. white noise earphones on and nobody can get in my zone for like an hour and a half, but I have to have my coffee. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's part of your morning. It's the part of the ritual of the process. Too, yes. Right. Yeah. And there is that whole stimulation thing associated with caffeine. But the problem is it does block your adenosine buildup. So then you, well, you're, you know, you feel tired, you're ready to go to bed at night, but your, your sleep pressure isn't quite high enough at that point. Oh. And what if, but what if you work out really hard when you wake up and you have two cups of coffee? Does it like, does it negate mm. itself? Well, that's a great point. The coffee to me is fine as long as there's not too much quantity and the timing. So I try not to drink it after like 10 a.m. And everyone has their own sensitivities. So the half-life, they talk about coffee is 12 hours. So that's the half-life. Oh, wow. So half-life, right? So it actually takes a little, and I might be a little bit off by that. It might be eight hours, but it's a long time. It's a lot longer than you think. And so the 24 hour is, you know, and then we also don't think about the hidden sources of caffeine, you know? Black oh my tea. gosh, for all my listeners, I start my morning with an e-shot, which is yerba mate and green tea in it. Yeah. And then I take my pre-workout that has green tea in it. And then by the time I brew my coffee, Lord knows how much caffeine. And then if you throw a bia in there in the afternoon, which is another energy drink we have. Yeah. <laughs> so I think general rule, all of that is fine in the morning. It don't have any of it in the afternoon if you're having trouble sleeping. Yep. Really. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So, so that's, I remember being, I was working for a baby product company, you know, helping them with sleep products. And the engineer was sitting there at like one in the afternoon telling me about how much trouble he has sleeping. And he's sitting there with the coffee cup that he's like just been carrying around all morning. He's drinking it. And I'm like, well, what about the caffeine? He's like, oh no, this doesn't affect me. I was like, hmm, okay. Have you ever tried? Have you ever tried it? I don't know. Yeah, but it's one of the major sleep sabotagers. Eating, caffeine, alcohol. I mean, I love a good glass of red wine. The, the trick really wow. is have it at a happy hour and then have lots of water afterwards. That was going to be my question for you with alcohol. Because I know before I really got into a really good regimen, it was like like a pot of coffee in the morning and like a bottle of wine at night. And it was like, you know, like it, that's like the up and down. It was like the upper and the downer, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I love what you're saying because I like now I like a glass of wine between like four and five when I'm cooking. Yeah, and then too. I drink a ton of water and we have dinner and I go to bed fine. But I found if I drink alcohol later in the evening, I sleep horribly. Oh, absolutely. It interrupts your REM sleep. This is the problem. So okay. you may be in bed for 10 hours or eight hours, whatever it is, and still wake up feeling crappy. And yeah. if you look at you know, 
you know, there's all these sleep trackers now, how much deep sleep and how much REM sleep did you get? Mm -hmm. So you want a quarter of your night to be, or a little bit less to be your deep sleep and then your REM sleep and the rest should be kind of light sleep. And the studies show that it's what you eat can really affect those. And it's not necessarily even just what you eat before bed. So in general, they actually advise against like high protein things before Mm -hmm. bed. So that belly buster, it's kind of like- Oh, the bedtime belly buster is not for real. Well, it could, it could, it might work for real, but it might also impede your, your sleep quality. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. So, and we have a ton of scout and seller reps in here who like promote clean crafted wine. So my question to you on that, because I actually watched a documentary on Netflix one night about this. They were like studying all the different alcohols and how like the, the lighter, clearer colored alcohols have less like pesticides and like byproducts not pesticides, byproducts that basically cause a hangover, I guess. Mm. So I guess my question to you is like, if it's cleaner alcohol, or is it the actual alcohol itself that's causing the sleep disruption or both? It's a bit of both. So red wine is the worst because it has histamines. So histamines are involved in the vigilance cycle, which is to keep you awake. So red wine is the worst. So if you're going to have wine, white wine would be better. And then there's some correlation to, is it about the sugar? So there's studies that show that the diets in general that are higher in sugar have poor sleep quality. So sure. So maybe like a, a Chardonnay with like the, the least sugar alcohol. And that's like my least favorite alcohol, but, but maybe I, love, I could learn to like it. I love how you're working on the loopholes here and how you can keep your alcohol and still stay <laughs> great. I love it. I love that about you. Yes. So a scout and seller Chardonnay between four and five o'clock and you're good. Right. Yep. You are good to go. Lots of water afterwards. As long <laughs> as you're keeping that same kind of general bedtime. And also for that lady who's struggling at 11 o'clock, like you're not going to jump to a nine o'clock bedtime. That's not going to work yeah. for you. Right. But maybe you start, start at 1045 now and see if that can help you and make sure that you're winding down well beforehand. Mm-hmm. Fiction is such a great way because it's pleasurable. I feel like, you know, the pot of coffee and the bottle of wine, it's all about what we've associated with what's pleasurable to ourselves. And when we start to break those mindsets, those, those, they're really in a way kind of self-limiting beliefs. When we start breaking those and associating with something better, like right now I'm into meditation and I just can't wait to get up and, and put, give myself that meditation because I've changed my mindset and associated that with is what's making me feel good during the day rather than a cup of coffee. Yes. You know? Oh my gosh. And I want you to share with me afterwards what you're using for a meditation app. Cause I'm like, I'm okay. still struggling with who I want to listen to when it comes to that. Okay. Okay. I will share that with you. Yeah. And then, so that was the second. So we were talking about the homeostatic system, which is the first one. So that's that sleep drive, sleep pressure. That's related to all the newborn and baby and toddler naps too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the third system is the circadian cycle, circadian rhythm. And that's the exposure to light. And that's the release of melatonin when light goes down and dark comes out. (laughs) If you'll put it that way, that's when your melatonin is released. Right. Yeah. And then in the morning and part of that system as well is your cortisol is rising and helping you get ready to wake up for the day. And that system is largely regulated by light wake cycles. Okay. So what are your thoughts on melatonin at night and the use Mm -hmm. of adaptogens? I don't know if you're like, I've even really looked into this, but the the studies we've looked at with isogenics is that the adaptogens actually can help impact cortisol levels Mm -hmm. so that your cortisol levels can reduce your cortisol levels in the evening to help you sleep. Because a, a lot of us are out of whack where cortisol levels are too high in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I because always, stress. yeah, interest in melatonin. So what are your thoughts of, with supplements for melatonin yeah. to help you sleep? So the studies show that melatonin is amazing for helping you shift time zone. 
Okay. So what melatonin does is naturally released and it signals your brain that it's time to sleep. So you can imagine that, you know, if you change time zones and now it's you're trying to go to bed earlier, melatonin could be helpful. Say, hey, it's time to sleep, brain. But there's no evidence to show that it will help you stay asleep at all or that using it in your general day to day regiment can provide any further benefit because you're you should be producing it naturally. Okay. Now, if we're going to go like deep dive, I wonder sometimes about like gut brain axis and health. Like if your gut isn't healthy, are you creating all the necessary neurotransmitters and melatonin mm. is one of those. Yeah. So that's something that's plausible, but I have no evidence for that at all. But yeah. basically for the large majority of people, I feel that it's more of a placebo. And if that helps you, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm also part of a large ADHD group with kids who have a lot of trouble falling asleep. And it's interesting to watch all the anecdotal conversation that goes on. Like some people swear by melatonin for those kids, yeah. but oh. also yeah. What about, um, I'm sorry, random thought, like, is it oregano on your feet? Like certain essential oils on your feet? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I haven't studied oregano oil on your feet, but the thing that comes to mind is that it is more of a placebo. I don't know how oregano could affect things per se. I'm not Me sure. Either. But I have heard of melatonin cream on your yeah. feet. Okay. And I, I have a friend with a nine-year-old who has serious ADHD and she swears by that. So I do think there's some variability person to person as to what your body needs. And the thing is we don't really know how to testing or the testing is expensive and very elaborate and it's just not really worth it long-term. But in, in general, melatonin, anecdotally, I see a lot of people that actually have nightmares from it. So Ooh. what about CBD? CBD, I have not studied in detail, but theoretically can't see how it, it would hurt. Right. Well, it's, it's funny. I overdosed my husband, not knowing exactly being the pharmacist that I am. He liked like 10 X the dose on CBD and took it one night. And he said he had the worst nightmares and he'll never touch it again. So oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Didn't work okay. for him. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but overall, right. CBD, the whole purpose is to decrease stress right, and increase relaxation, which is your third system of sleep. So it theoretically could be a benefit. Anything yeah. that can, you can roll, use to relax, you know, meditation, deep breathing, visualization, any of that can be helpful. Once you get rid of the sleep sabotagers, alcohol, caffeine, eating before bed, those types of things, sleep sabotagers. Well, and I have found that for quite some time when I first hired my business coach and really got into our Kayla, right? Got into this whole mindset stuff. Um, I don't know if she had you read the 21 days, the, the mirror work, the book. Yeah. This one. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. You guys buy that book. Yes. I looked forward to the evening meditations, guided meditations with her. Like I would like, I looked, what it did was that quiet. I think, well, let me back up for a second. I feel like a lot of really goal crushing driven women, whether you're at home with your kids or juggling all the things around your kids with careers, I feel like there's zero space for us to just like think or to give like quiet time to ourselves. I mean, even in the shower, guys, I mean, this morning, I thought, thank God, I've got 10 minutes in the shower by myself. Nope, my three year old shows up and he's like pulling on the door, you know, right? Like, there's no quiet time for mom ever. So that like, that like 10 or 15 minutes of just you time in your own head. I mean, what's the value of that for people to just like, for me, anecdotally, it has helped me unwind before bedtime to like, protect and give that quiet time for my brain to just like run before I lay down in the bed, you know, like, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? 
I 100% agree completely, completely, completely. It's been one of the biggest things that's changed my life this year is that I actually got noise canceling ones. Yes. I oh, my God, they're amazing. I do it in the morning. So that's my morning thing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us, you successful, busy women have, we've kind of allocated some of our self-worth or our self-identity too with being this busy capable and it seems yes. indulgent or excessive and unnecessary to take those yeah. 10 15 minutes for ourselves yes. yes it's a real mental shift to make but it's so impactful like i'm just astounded i want to shout from the rooftops how hey, you go work to it don't you yeah i do i do I do. I think yeah. it's incredible. So yeah, the mirror work is really hard work and it's completely worthwhile. And I actually bought, there's a, a workbook that goes with that book by oh. Louise Hayes that really helped me this year. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Incredible. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So I think we were, I think we finally made it through the three sleep systems, homeostatic, circadian rhythm, and then your emotional cognitive, which could be stress or anxiety. And then like a lot of the things that you were teaching already, right? You really prioritize your sleep. You make sure that you go to bed because you know that that's going to affect your next day and your next day's productivity and your mindset of how you wake up feeling for that next day. Mm -hmm. So key. So key. Oh my gosh. Yes. So good. Lori wants to know what's the name of the book again. It's called Mirror Work by Louise Hay. Yes. Yes. It's very 21 good. Days. 21 days to heal your life. I've enjoyed, is it Hay's House is the publisher, I believe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hay, Hay House, H-A-Y. I actually just purchased a few more other items from that, some some mindset stuff that we can chat about later off of that website. It's, it's awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So mm-hmm. good. Such good advice for these moms that are juggling all the things. I would love for you to walk us. Can you walk us through your routine, like your morning routine and your yeah. routine? Yeah. And maybe even with your kids. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's start at bedtime. So when I'm making dinner, I make sure I make all the lunches for the next day so that it's done. I don't have to rush through that in the morning. Do you and have a glass of wine? Do you have any alcohol during the week? No, I try and save it for Friday nights. It's okay. like the thing I would more do to switch up, especially in these pandemic days, you know? Okay. So I do that. But sometimes I might have tea and I might listen to a podcast while I'm doing all of those things. Yeah. And then after dinner, there's the cleanup, there's the walk the dog, there's maybe a bit of TV time. And then like by, my kids are seven and nine. So by like eight, we're starting to talk about making bedtime happen because my, my son has ADHD. So it takes a while <laughs> to get the idea that it is going to happen and get it happening. And then I actually go to bed at the same time as the kids. And part of that is we live in 1200 square feet and my son has ADHD and some other stuff. And if I'm awake, he will stay awake. <laughs> Basically, that's what it's come yeah. down to. And I've you work with what you have, right? So for a while, I was really resentful that this was my situation. But now I'm like, I'm not going to be a victim of the circumstance. I can't control him or the stuff that's going on with him. All I can do is control myself. So I'm just going to get up early. And now I've gotten to the point where um, I'm sleeping so awesome at night that I actually wake up naturally before any alarms, which is the nicest way to wake up. That's the best feeling in the world. And then I get up and I let the dog out. And then I grab my noise canceling headphones and a cup of tea. And I sit and I do the meditation for like 20 minutes. I go through different ebbs and flows. I'm not exercising right now in the morning. I'm doing a little bit more in the afternoon. So I don't do that. And then I I do dive into, I'm not going to lie, I get up, I do my meditation. And then I dive into answering some emails, get that done. And then I go into the shower and I listen to, oh, Abraham Hank, Hicks and the Laws of Attraction. Today is a great day. Oh, okay. And I'm, 
listened to it so many times now. Like the, the main line is, it's going to be a great day. Today's going to be a great day. I've listened to it so many times that actually when I wake up first thing in the morning, that's what I hear in my head. <laughs> that's many times I've listened to it. But it's I awesome. love that. I love it's that. On YouTube and it's free. We should put that in there. Yes. And so that's, that's pretty much at this point is my morning routine. That's it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. So, yeah. and so you start with, you start with yourself. You start with your mind, yeah. clearing your mind. And then you set your intention in the shower, right? Yes. Um, and the thing with the mind is, okay, so a lot of people don't want to get out of bed. It's cold now. So I do this all on my sofa in my big, thick house coat with a blanket on, on top of me. And I actually have my dog in my lap yeah. because my dog is like therapeutic. And I do the 20 minutes of listening to this meditations. And then I go to my day. And, and I should add, the night before, I also look at the day ahead and know what's coming. Yeah. So I'm prepared for that. So I'm not thrust into it. And then in the morning, because also because my people are sleep people, I want to see how their night went. It's part of my thing, right? Like how did, how did a DT sleep last night? I have to know. It's kind of like reality TV in a little bit of ways, but I don't check social media until later in the day and do my IG and all that stuff. Such a good point. I'm always telling my students the same thing, like create before you consume, Mm -hmm. right? For Mm -hmm. sure. Create Mm -hmm. before you consume, Mm -hmm. Uh, produce before you consume, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been so good. So have enjoyed just your journey and what you're doing and where you're headed. And I'm sure what was the name of the YouTube that you were listening to in the shower again? People are asking. It's Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks. And I'm just looking it up real quick here. So I have it downloaded onto my phone so I don't have to use oh, okay. the internet too. Just a little tip. I don't know if anyone does that. Everything is always working out for me is the title. Abraham dash Esther Hicks. It's okay. under train your vibration. It has 8.2 million views and was put up six years ago. And it's about 20 minutes long. I love okay. it. Who's going to check that out? I'm going to check it out because I have a Bluetooth. I have a Bluetooth speaker in my shower and I mm. listen to stuff in there. So yeah, it's um, awesome. It's totally awesome. going to check it out. Well, awesome. Yeah. So what's going on for you right now? Like where can people find you? Yeah. What, what, what do you have hopping? Well, always, you can always add me on LinkedIn. I'm on there and I'm just wrapping up a session of my mom's six week sleep coaching class. If you want to check out for the next one, it's going to be offered probably in March, but you can go to www.satisfyyoursleep.com and join the wait list there. And if you have little ones under age four that you're struggling with sleep with, I can definitely help you to get them to sleep, but also to empower you as a parent so that you feel confident in your choices and your actions and and having a, you know, a happier, well-rested household at www.helpingbabiesleep.com. That's my IG as well. Please come follow me there. Awesome. Yay. This has been so good. So Sarah, my last question, I always ask everybody okay. for my burnout to all out episode is for all of the budding entrepreneurs who are kind of uh, they're on the fence. Maybe they've got, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Maybe they're peering over and like that sense of fear, but like wanting to do their own thing. Like I think mm-hmm. back to you when you were experiencing burnout at home and it was time to like do something. And mm-hmm. that your the advice you can give for the budding entrepreneur to just to, to breathe through fear, right? Like what, mm-hmm. what is your advice on that, that step 
and betting on yourself, like mm-hmm. just any words of encouragement and moving forward. Yeah. Listen to the voice. It keeps talking to you, but sometimes you're too busy or too afraid to listen to it. And that doing the meditation, start with 10, 10 minutes in the morning. It's all you need. And it's not, but you need guided meditation, by the way, you can't just sit there and think about nothing. Even headspace didn't work for me. I need to be listening to somebody's voice where they're taking me places. And yeah, you're not going to be good at it. Your mind's going to be running all over the place and that's totally okay. Yeah. But it's a those quiet times, you have to get quiet to be able to listen to the messages that you're supposed to be hearing. Right? My gosh. Yeah. You have to get quiet. And so my advice to you would be like, I think the thing you're going to miss is the money. Okay. It's okay. You're going to miss the money. That's okay. It's going to come back to you if you're true to yourself and you do, you're doing what you love and you believe in it. Cause you can, you can sell anything that you really believe in. Oh my God. Right. Whatever you're passionate about. Oh, so, so true. And if you're not passionate about it, then it's not the right thing. And that's a good to know as well. Right. Maybe it's, you need to pivot. Yes. Oh my gosh. So and, and my last thing was it, it doesn't happen overnight. So I mean, Melissa, your your story has been so, so amazing, right? But we yeah. there's all kinds of behind the scenes stuff that I'm sure that we, you know, we might not have, have seen. But like give yourself a year, a full year, two years. Like if you're gonna make the commitment to it, give yourself a deadline and also post how much money you want to be making up in front of you and look at that every single day and keep track of the money because if you don't keep track of the money, it doesn't keep track of you, right? You don't, you don't find it. So super important. Oh, such good advice. So good. Thank you so much, Sarah. And uh, for those of you guys who want to go find her, find out more tips and tricks about sleeping, you can go find her on LinkedIn or on Instagram. We'll have your information in the show notes too, for those who catch the podcast. Thank you. It's been so much fun. So much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm wishing all of you like an amazing, powerful day. You're going to, you're going to find your power. You're stepping into it and I can feel it. Yay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the burnout to all out podcast for free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services. Go ahead over to live the free life.co that's live the free life. or check out our Facebook community at burnout to all out and make sure you follow burnout to all out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me. If you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode. 